We're back with our John verse by verse study. Um, we are at kind of a big point. This is verse 29. Um, this is the entrance of Jesus, the man himself. Sorry, just our mic. Um, this is the introduction of Jesus first coming on the scene. When we first see Jesus in, in the book of John, he is he's walking up to John the Baptist. Um, he's there at the point of really his his ministry getting ready to start to, to take shape for, for what it's going to be. Um, so that's the context here as we start reading this and this again, John, uh, we're still in chapter one. Verse 29, uh, and again, I'm reading out of the ESV on my end. Um, the next day, he saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This is he of whom I said, After me comes a man who ranks before me, because he was before me. I myself did not know him, but for this purpose I came baptizing with water, that he might be revealed to Israel. And John bore witness, I saw the Spirit descend from heaven like a dove, and it remained on him. Uh, well, yeah, we'll keep going. I myself did not know him, but he who sent me to baptize with water said to me, He on whom you see the Spirit descend and remain, this is he who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. And I have seen and have borne witness that this is the Son of God. Um, so we'll stop there for our first part. <laughs> um, I mean, it's kind of a, a pretty major entrance by Jesus himself. Um, we talked last time a little bit about kind of John's role, uh, I believe, and what he was supposed to do. Um, I think it's interesting. Um, that John says specifically that God told him the person that he saw the Spirit come down on and remain on, that that is who the the Messiah was. Um, so is it like a, I mean, physically John sees it? Is it something that he's seeing in the Spirit? Is it uh, just something where, um, you know, John has indwelling the spirit so is it that he just kind of you know I've, I've had i've had times where um i'll be in a a restaurant or a store or something like that and i may see somebody across the way um and I, i've never seen the person before in my life don't have any interaction with them didn't even like hear anything they said or anything like that but i just like like, I just feel it like that person's a Christian. Like, I don't know why I think that. I don't know why I feel that. But I just, I am confident that that person is a Christian. Um, so, I mean, is it something where it just kind of resonated with John's spirit? Um, I don't know. I, I, I've always kind of thought that was interesting that, that John was told that he would see it and he would see that it remained. Um, what do you guys think for what we read there? Uh that's a good question that I definitely don't know the answer to. Um, I've honestly never thought I was about thought of that. I've never thought of it like that either. I've just never even thought of the question. Thought of like 
how did that happen? I don't know. Like, I just, uh, um, but that is an interesting thought. It almost makes me think of like, uh, in the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit was not in, but mm-hmm. came upon, but only for moments and never remained. Um, that one, so Jesus, it was the first time that the Holy Spirit remained. That's how they knew, that's how John knew it was Jesus, uh, the Son of God. Um, so it almost makes me think of how in the Old Testament, when the Spirit came upon people, uh, I, you know, like, how did that happen? <laughs> you know, what made that, what, what did that look like? And so I would feel like that, it, that, that those would look similar, but I don't, I don't know the answer to that. Um, however, do you have a thought? No, I just, I made a note of that, just like, I know in the Old She thought of it. (laughs) Just like how she said in the Old Testament, it just rested on him, it didn't, not it, he, my bad. (laughs) He he didn't remain um, in them, Um, so, I don't know. Let's try to get through this without committing any heresies, Jess. Yeah, my bad, guys. (laughs) You corrected yourself, it's okay. Yeah. Um, I don't know. The <laughs> fact that the Holy Spirit remained in him makes me feel like it gave him special authority or, like, power. I don't know. That. So this is something I think a lot of people don't really think about. Um, but what we read in the New Testament and the Gospels is still technically Old Testament um, because up until the point of Jesus's death, burial, resurrection, it's still under that Old Covenant. Um, And that's why, um, you know, Jesus says that he didn't come to abolish the law, but he came to fulfill the law. That's because everyone there, including Jesus, was still under the law and he had to fulfill it perfectly and then go be that sacrificial lamb. Um, And so what we see there, it definitely would have stuck out because, and I think this is something that maybe we, myself included, um, kind of tend to forget, but there is a a different uh, relationship and interaction with the Holy Spirit in Old Covenant versus what we have new. you know, Old Covenant, they, like you guys were saying, they didn't have a, a full actual indwelling of the Holy Spirit. It was uh, kind of more of a, a temporary type thing. Um, whereas now, once you're a believer, you have the Holy Spirit living inside of you. Um, it goes from having a, a, a temple building or like the Ark of the Covenant or something like that to house the presence of God. To now, I mean, God is living yeah, in all of temple. us through. Yeah, we are. Our, we are the temple. Um, and I mean, Jesus makes reference to that too uh, later on when he's in Jerusalem. But um, yeah, anything you want to? Not on what you were just discussing. Okay. So what you're saying is I said everything perfectly, and you don't have anything. <laughs> you heard. Okay. Basically, the humility. <laughs> Okay, well, uh, go on from there. Uh, verse 13. Are we moving on? What's that? Are we moving on? We are moving on. Unless y'all have something, yeah, else. something else. Yeah, I do, I do. <laughs> um, I made a note at, with um, uh, verse 29 where it says, Look, the Lamb of God who 
Behold the Lamb of God who takes his sin, the sin of the world. So it just reminded me of um, the Old Testament, obviously, in Leviticus, where um, they're talking about sin um, offerings or sin requiring offerings and sacrifices mm-hmm. and um, how an animal sacrifice atoned so it, it covered right. uh, their sin but it didn't it didn't take them away um, and in Hebrews chapter 10 verse 4 it says for it is not possible that the blood of bulls and goats could take away sins right. um, and in each procedure for uh, the animal sacrifices so the people who committed the sin had to present the animal to the high priest but the priest was actually the one who did the rest of the work the high priest um they spilled the blood they took the fat out all that and jesus is our high priest which we know um and also the animal had to be spotless like without blemish and we know jesus was spotless he was sinless praise god (laughs) so he lived the perfect life so um and then the blood also had to be splattered or spilled somewhere by the altar um and jesus's blood was shed was splattered for our for our sin um and it's only by the shedding of his blood that um our sin can be removed mm-hmm. completely mm-hmm. yeah you know when you're saying that this is probably what you're referring to but it says the holy lamb of god who takes away the sin of the world so he said it's saying behold the lamb so they're saying refer back to this covenant that you live in that you have to uh sacrifice animals you have to sacrifice lambs but this is the lamb who's actually going to take away your sin right. those animals don't but this is the one that's actually going to take them away right. which is what you refer praise to. god yeah but that's awesome praise god what i think is interesting too um so john says with such uh confidence and authority here as Jesus is walking up, behold the Lamb of God. Um, we see it's not in not in the Gospel of John, it's in the Gospel of Luke. Um, Luke 7, 18 through 23. Um, John is in prison and he sends his disciples to ask Jesus if he is actually the one that they've been waiting for or if they should be uh, expecting another. And I think that this is interesting um and i think it's also good to uh kind of hold on to that even john was how confident he was seeing jesus walking up once things started to look differently than what he was expecting he sent his disciples to get clarification um and then i think what uh, jesus responds there in that um Jesus responds in Luke. 22. Go and report to John what you have seen and heard. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so here when Jesus responds, he said, in verse 22, it says, And he answered and said to them, Go and report to John what you have seen and heard. People who were blind receive sight. People who are limped walk. People with leprosy are cleansed. And people who are deaf hear. Dead people are raised up, and people who are poor have the gospel preached to them. And blessed is anyone who does not take offense at me. 
Um, and so if you're just reading that casually, you would see it and you'd say, okay, Jesus is saying, hey, I'm doing miracles. And so that's how you know that I really am the, the son of God. But we see throughout scripture that this is, I mean, we, we're, we're told, I mean, and Paul makes comments in, in a, at least one of his letters that uh, people can make, do miracles and stuff and not actually be doing them on, through the Holy Spirit. Um, we see there's some instances in the Old Testament of people doing things under demonic power and things like that. So if you dig into this, and I think you, you will probably have a footnote in your Bible if you have a study Bible on this part, but Jesus is actually making a specific reference to the Old Testament here when he's saying these things. And so when Jesus is saying, go tell John what you see, that the lame walk, the deaf hear, um, and all this, he's quoting the Old Testament that's talking about the Messiah coming. So Jesus isn't saying, like, hey, just go tell them what you see. Like, Jesus is telling them, yeah, I'm the guy that this was written about. Um, and so then they would have gone back to John and told him, like, hey, this is what he said. This is what the scriptures say. And then John would have known all the scriptures, too. Um, Isaiah 35 is actually where it is. Yeah, Isaiah 35 um, is where it is. <laughs> It's uh, referencing, but um, no, I've always thought that that was, and I know we got off of John and we got onto another gospel and then another uh, testament altogether. But um, it's it's crazy seeing how interlocked all the books of the Bible and everything is. Um, the story of Jesus and how the Old Testament points to him, how the gospels work together in connection, um, and I, I think it's. It's important to uh, to see that, but then looking at John, how I, I started off, you know, he had such confidence, and then he was unsure when things didn't go his way, or things didn't go the way that he was expecting. Um, I think that could be, yeah, he questioned what he already knew, so I think that can be something that we can take for, for ourselves in our own lives, that, um, you know, if God's given us a promise, if, if, if God's told us something, um, then he is going to hold up his end. Uh, he's not going to let it slide. He's not going to let it go. And no matter how it looks and no matter like what specifics may be going on to make it seem like it's not going to happen, he's still going to do what he said he's going to do. So sad note analogy kind of thing. I was talking to my daddy earlier and I'm really trying to convince him to retire because he just needs to retire. And uh, he's worried about finances and income. And I was like, well, are you trusting the Lord to provide or are you trusting yourself to provide? I was like, because everything I'm hearing, you're trying to figure this out like on your own. And then not like two hours later, I told Jesse, I was like, I really need to find something to provide income because like, I feel like the Lord's told me to stay home with the kids, but we're not good. Like, this is not going to work on just your income. And it was like, the Lord was like, really? Because you just told your daddy that I would provide for him, but you can't trust me to provide for you. But like, just like with John, like he knew this is the son of God. And then in that, you know, moment of doubt, he was like, wait a minute, are you who you say you are? And we do the same thing, maybe not in questioning who God is, but in questioning like what he's already told us, what he's already commanded us to do, questioning if he's gonna provide or make it happen or follow through on his promises. Yeah. Um, are you guys have anything else you want to throw in there? Mm -hmm.
We get to move on. Um. Well, I think it's uh, in verse thirty-four. He says, "I have seen and testified that this is the Son of God." I think it's interesting to note that, like, he's basically saying, like, when you see, you're going to testify. Mm. Like, there's no like if ands or buts about that. Like, you know, like a lot of Christians are like, oh, like, I'll be honest, like, I, I'll just live and my my life will speak. But like, you have to use words too. And John's like, I'm saying, behold, this is the Lamb of God. You know, I'm making the way for a second coming by living like that and by using words. And so he's saying, like, when you see him, like, you're going to testify. It is the result of seeing and experiencing and encountering him. Well, and I mean, like, mm -hmm. your words are important because if you think about it, so in the end times when the Antichrist comes, everyone's going to think he is of God because of the because of his actions. Not because of his words, but because he's like trying to bring about peace and he's compassionate and all of these things. But he's literally the enemy of God. And his words would never, I mean, his words are going to tell you different, but people are basing it on his actions. So we have to speak it. Like there's a reason our Bible talks about there's being power in our words. And there's a reason that we have the written word. You can't just base it on how you act. That's going to mislead you in so many ways hey everybody i hope you enjoyed that video we release new content every week twice a week once on tuesday and once on thursday so don't forget to like and subscribe so you always see the newest content we have coming out if you want to you can check out a playlist that's down here and it'll take you into another video of ours that we think you're probably going to enjoy thanks god bless